we're never gonna You're not gonna be the problem. It's definitely gonna be me. Okay, uh, sound tests, please. Uh, can you say one more thing just so I can adjust? One more thing so I can adjust. Okay, that's great. Super helpful. <laughs> Fuck, I really thought I'd be better than this. So did I. Here we go. (laughs) Oh, hi. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky ones that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me that you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. Uh, I'd like to welcome our guest, Bella Heathcote. As an actor hailing from Melbourne, Australia, Bella is emerging as one of Hollywood's most sought after talents. In 2010, Bella was honored with the Heath Ledger Scholarship Award for her performance in the Australian war epic Beneath Hill 60. You also saw her in the 2017 movie Fifty Shades Darker, which is the second in the film trilogy. In 2019, Bella reprised her role in the CBS All Access series Strange Angel after wrapping an amazing run on the Amazon Studios' wildly successful series Man in the High Castle. Bella then headed to Sundance this year for her performance in the independent feature Relic. Y'all, get you a publicist because these bios are way better than anything I could have cobbled together. Goddamn, I'm not even done. Additionally, Bella starred alongside Elle Fanning, Keanu Reeves, Christina Hendricks, and Jenna Malone in the Nicholas Winding Refn-directed horror thriller The Neon Demon. Bella also has repeatedly kissed Johnny Depp in exchange for money because she was his romantic interest in Tim Burton's beautiful film Dark Shadows. Bella is way too humble, so I basically knew none of these details (laughs) until right now. I'm not reading anything else or I'm going to kill myself. So I'm just going to say I better know Bella from the tiny world that is Hollywood and from doing the most fun workout in L.A. called Pony Sweat that you should all immediately look up and go do if you're in the area. Bella, try and outdo your bio. Tell us details that I left out so that I most assuredly jump off the roof of my apartment building when this interview is over. Let's go. I'm still trying to recover from how quickly you speak. I know. I have to because I feel like it, you know, people get bored. I don't That's know. amazing. Thanks, girl. It's a gift. Thank you. Well, so you're from uh, Australia. I am from Australia. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been out here? 10 years this year. It'll be oh. 10 years in May. And which do you like better? Oh. <laughs> I put you on the spot. You don't, do, different. don't answer that. Yeah, don't answer that. <laughs> one is one uh, is a place where I can get paid to do what I love. And the other is where I don't get paid anything, but I'm just happy. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll do the math, folks. And okay. So you, were you like, so you're working obviously in Australia. What was your like... What got what, what was the transition, I guess, where you were like, ah, oh, shit, I need to go to Los Angeles? It's funny. I did Neighbours, which was kind of like the ticket to ride out here. I feel like everyone's been on either Neighbours or Home and Away. They're like out bold and the beautiful or young and the restless. Oh, they're soap operas. Okay. Soap operas, totally. Okay. But then after Neighbours, I don't know, I did Beneath Hill 60. That was a film that I did with a friend of mine, Brendan Cowell. And he was like, just go to LA. You've got to go to LA. Everyone does it. Every Aussie goes there for pilot season. And we shot that in 20, 2009. And so the next year he had a place in LA for pilot season. He was like, just come and check it out. And I did. And I was like, oh, this is great. For the first time ever, I felt like an unemployed actor, not just unemployed. Because I was like going to meetings. I remember like meeting with managers and like then I I signed with someone I liked and it just felt like every day I could go. I mean, I'm sure most of those meetings were nonsense and never led to anything, but it was great compared to like being in Australia where I was working, how many jobs I could day and night just to stay afloat and maybe getting an audition a month, maybe two if it was like a good month, you know. Mm -hmm. So you were in Australia until you were like, I'm right at that point where it's like I either do this or I'm not going to work in Australia. Is that how you felt? No, fortunately, it was 
it kind of unfolded more organically than that because my agent told me to go for this thing called the Heath Ledger Scholarship, which I'd never heard of. I I got it in the second year it had been around. And what it gave you at that time was $10,000 and an airline ticket. And um, I found out that I was like one of the finalists or something. So they gave me a flight to LA. I'd already done my pilot season just to check it out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to move here because I may as well just, I don't know, give it a shot. What am I going to do? Just work at this law firm forever. And so I came out and then find, found out that night I got the scholarship. So I got some cash. I already had my airfare, but I'd already planned. Like, even if I hadn't won it, I was like, I'm just going to stay here and just see how long I can survive. I had a friend who was opening a juice store and I was going to go work there. Mercifully, it didn't get to that point. So you so you get the scholarship after, was there like an audition process leading up to it? Did you self-submit a tape? Were you already in school? I, I had done drama school. I actually dropped out of drama school to shoot Beneath Hills 60 and to come to LA. But the scholarship, I, I had to write an essay. I had to write some sort of response to why I thought that how I would spend the $10,000, basically like why I'm worth it, like why oh, I'd wow. be a good beneficiary and not waste their money. It's and so hard to do as like an actor. To mm, be it was so, like, oh it was my so awkward. It was so awkward. I remember writing with my dad's PA at the time and my now husband who was a lawyer and just being like, how do I do this? Uh, and my <laughs> everyone, everyone had to do it for me, uh, with me. And then I think you gave them a demo reel and mercifully like Beneath Hill 60, they, they gave over some scenes because aside from that, I'd only done Neighbours and Neighbours. Oh, I had one scene in a film with Joel Edgerton called Acolytes, which was like a thriller horror film that was back in 2007 that a family friend, I think, just took pity on me and I was like a Norwegian backpacker. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So you put all this together, you submit, you find out you're, you got it. Yeah, I found out that I was a finalist and they were like, we'll fly you to LA. And at that point, I must have found out, say, in March and then I was back in Australia and I was like, you know, the thing was happening in May and I was like, I'm just going to get my stuff together. I'm going to go there with this airline ticket and I'm not going to come back until, you know, immigration drags me out of the country or. Oh, I love that. And so did you, so you did end up posting up here and and that was back in, what year was that? Did you say? 2010. So it was May, 2010. Cause I remember it was just before my birthday and that was a grim birthday. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so I got here, like it was on a Tuesday. I remember I got here that day. I got the money. I got the scholarship the only I didn't know anyone I met one person who introduced me to one person who introduced me to all my friends Mm. and basically I did this thing where I kind of flew in and out every please don't come after me immigration I flew (laughs) in and out every 90 days for like I think the third time I'd done it just to stay on the I think it's, it's called the ESTA the visa waiver okay and the third time I got a job which was good because by that point immigration like the people at the airport were like you gotta stop doing this yeah exactly (laughs) are you like i just like traveling in america (laughs) i'm not carrying drugs i'm not an actress i think i was writing secretary (laughs) on my like occupation on because i was so paranoid that they'd be wary of me this actress that keeps coming in and out of la just being like oh no no i'm just oh i didn't think about that do you think is that really is that anything that you've like heard people yeah 100 percent. i didn't know that yeah because they think like you can't book so like why would we let you back in no i just think if you're going to LA and you keep landing in LA and then you're going out and coming back in, but you're spending an extended period of time here and you're like, oh no, I'm not working. I'm not working. I'm just a, a tourist. I'm just a tourist, but I, I'm an actress who's just spent the whole year in LA. I mean, mm, I get it. I'd be suspicious of me. <laughs> well, especially you. You look very <laughs> suspicious. So you post up here starting in 2010. 
you get a job. Are you in, in this time at all ever having to get outside work or are you a fully employed artist? Just as I really run out of money and my friends were opening that oh, juice this store. This is always how it goes. I yeah. love this and also hate it because yeah. it's like, oh, it's right when you're like, I'm going to be homeless. Yeah, pretty much. I was going to work liquid. You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, almost got a job there. Uh, hmm. I got a job a small part in this film called In Time, playing like Amanda Seyfried's grandmother. No, mother. I'll die. I was like, wait a minute. You guys mother, are like the same because age. No, because was, that was the whole thing. We all oh. had to look the same age and whatever. Oh, okay. And then that sort of started the ball, ball rolling and I just got a bunch of jobs after that. So since – where's the wood? There's no wood to knock, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hold on. Since – Knock you. my desk. You're welcome. Since 2010, I haven't had to have a job to supplement acting, but – retroactively made up for it before I came out here I had a bunch of different jobs from I don't know I guess 2003 to 2010 that's why she's on the podcast guys it's not just because she's awesome it's because she can talk to us about the things okay like, where's the service bit <laughs> yeah this bitch is just flexing <laughs> <She's> just <laughs> ragging I don't want to hear this um, okay so you you've been in LA you're working and you haven't had to have customer service what was was there a moment in not just in related to art but was there a moment in Australia where you were like I oh I'm never I, I don't have to work in customer service anymore or were you like eh, that's always on the back burner I don't know that I thought about oh god my last two customer service jobs really pushed pushed me over the edge we're gonna get into that more later but yeah. like was there I don't there wasn't like a light bulb moment where I thought I'm never working customer service again so there wasn't a confidence moment where you were like I will be fine forever. oh no I want. I just wanted to force that question out of you because I think people think that's how it is when you're in some sort of entertainment, whether it's in front of the camera or behind. It's a bit easier, I guess, for behind. But there isn't really a confidence where you're like, "Oh, I'm going to work forever." Yeah. Also, the 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 juice shop. The only reason I didn't start working there is because they kept pushing, delaying the opening, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was living <laughs> with my boyfriend at the time, and just, I mean. That's why I had someone, I was living somewhere rent free, but I was like running on fumes. It yeah. wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm just going to hold out here. And even now I still, when I talk to heaps of friends about this, I still feel like every job's going to be my last. Even, yeah. No, but, finish that. Cause I want people to hear that. I really do. I think that there's sort of a glamorized idea that once you have had a series on TV or like it's, I'm, I guess I'm hearkening it back to the gentleman that was working at Trader Joe's that was outed, that was on, I believe it was the Cosby show. Yeah. And they like a couple years ago, I, I wish I could think of his name. I apologies in advance. I can't remember it, but, and I do have a computer right in front of me that I could Google, but I'm not doing that. Um, Anyway, I, he, they caught, they like quote unquote caught him. Oh my gosh, you're working at Trader Joe's. How sad, how embarrassing. And it's like, no, that's part of the grind. When you guys are unemployed in between jobs, you don't necessarily land the job in the same field that you were in before. Some of you guys have to pick up in a job that you don't necessarily want. Also, just quietly, sorry to interrupt. No, do it. It's ridiculous because aside from the fact that we all have to work to live. You see people, and this is a super judgy thing I'm about to say, people who've been in this industry for a really long time. I mean, what we're effectively doing is portraying people in everyday life. And if you haven't seen people in everyday life or interacted with other humans that aren't like in your personal assistant or something, how are you meant to do that? And I feel like they just get like more and more out of touch and you can see that in their performances. So good Thank for that guy you. at Trader Joe's. <laughs> I swear, guys, we didn't talk about that ahead of time, but I really wanted to cover it because I think part of like with your bio and stuff, it's like oh this chick has never had financial fear what is she like she's never had to work customer service why would anyone like and there i i 
the, the range in this podcast, the intention is so that people kind of under, I guess, understand more of that, especially for people in my same field. And like the number of people who will say to me every time I go back to Ohio, like, when are you moving back? When's it a wrap for you? And it's kind of like, it's of course said in a loving way, I'm not coming for any of you guys. It feels so nice. I love you guys. But it is this expectation that if they haven't seen you continually on TV, then they think, well, you're failing. And if they have seen you continually on TV, they think you're a millionaire. And it's like, it's no, there's like this middle area that is actually far more common than the extremes that people see more of, I think. Yep. Okay. That lecture series is over, guys. This (laughs) this was my TED Talk. Thank you for contributing. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed your lecture in the app portion of this (laughs) podcast. We're going to go on to the entrees after a quick break. We're back. Now it's time for the entrees, guys. Okay. So this is a super speedy speed round of questions. Bella has not seen these questions ahead of time. So feel free to take your time to answer them. Some of them involve counting, which, you know, you're Australian, so going to take some time. What was your first job ever, ever, ever? Blake's Feast. It was oh. a cafe. I was 15. <clears throat> wow. You worked at a, okay. What yeah. are the labor laws in Australia? Like when are you guys? 15. Are... Oh, okay. So you... I tried so hard to get a job. <laughs> I think it's 14 and nine months technically. And I remember going to McDonald's <laughs> and trying to get a job and choking in my interview so hard and then walking away, like so nervous, really wanting this job. And I saw this girl who I thought I knew, Tamara, damn it. Anyway, I was like, <laughs> hi. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know you at all. And then I felt, I just, it was, I'm still haunted by that mcdonald's interview that for a job that i did not get anyway so 15 i got a job at 15 okay. for a family friend well i'm gonna rewind you how'd you choke in the interview i'm sure you remember it vividly i was just really nervous and Aww. i probably looked about nine <laughs> and they just they, i think they just didn't think i could be trusted interacting with people because i couldn't interact with that i was just so nervous like i feel like i got really dressed up for it oh, it's like punky in a briefcase you know <laughs> Shout I, out just, I just didn't pull it up pull it off because I just look like some sort of I don't know child labor issue. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we can't hire a nine-year-old ma'am. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you have to leave. <laughs> okay. So but your first job ever since you fucked up that interview was working for a family friend doing what? Childcare of some kind? No, no, Blake's face. It was a cafe. Oh, I'm an asshole. You answered this already. I'm really good at listening. So it was a cafe that you worked at. What were you doing? Cashier? cashier making coffees i'm so sorry to anyone who had any of those coffees i uh, usually was kept <laughs> off the machine and then there was one chef who just loved to torture me and so in downtime in between because we'd have it was weird it was right near this place called landmark okay do you i think you guys have landmark here it's a, is it a church i know it is a church it's the self-help i can't say it oh being like, it's like a, oh yeah rhymes with pyramid script scene, but <laughs> That's not what I'm saying about it. It rhymes with that. It's something else entirely. Anyway, we had them next door. It was also in a theatre. So the Malthouse Theatre in Melbourne, which is so weird because I knew at that stage I wanted to be an actor and I was like working at a cafe in a theatre and just like seeing my heroes. They were all really lovely, actually. Oh, but the torture of that is so real. so close, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so there was this one chef that in between like the waves of theatre people and the landmark people, he would just – he would make me – chop olives or chop garlic really fine and I remember someone being like dude we don't we don't need any more garlic and he was like no like he just had a real bee in his bonnet about me what, um, what why would you chop olives for what dish was that like for a salad because you're not putting those in cocktails there were so many olives I have no idea we never needed that many <laughs> olives I, he probably just threw them out I wish I could remember his name he was so mean so angry and definitely drunk and I can say that because the cafe shut down so whatever <laughs> for um, shame 
he yeah I don't, I don't know we we put them in some of the focaccias but like not that many olives I just remember leaving work with black fingers every Ew. Saturday I know it was awful oh. or just like reeking of garlic like oh. you would find the two most offensive things and then you were that okay mm-hmm. so you how long did you last at that job two years Good, dear god Two years. Well, I, I mean, I was still at school, so I only worked Saturdays and then during school holidays, they'd give me extra shifts. So, I loved it. I mean, oh, I did. loved it because I just thought like I was like hanging out with all the cool kids. I like Aww. everyone was older and like cooler and I could like <laughs> meet actors and like work inside a theatre, even though it was not inside the theatre. It was just like connected to the theatre. I I kind of loved it. Oh, I I could see that though. And like you're young and you still believe that everything is awesome and (laughs) you're not bitter yet. I wasn't jaded yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you lasted for two years Mm -hmm. and then, um, all right, next question. How many customer service jobs have you had? Customer service. And I don't, don't, I don't count acting even though it is a version of that. Okay. So there was Blake's Woodstock, Thai stall, (laughs) not Thai food, Thai's, a freestanding little stall that sold ties so that's three. Oh, i understood a thai food got yeah, it exactly. keep going that's why i have to qualify got it um i worked one day at a shop called dangerfield <laughs> i need to know why that was one day but keep, worked, going. keep going okay so where are we four four i mean i worked in childcare. that counts oh that's definitely customer service that, yeah that's five and i'm forgetting something oh kittens oh i cannot wait so six Don't, yeah six. we're not gonna Y'all are going to find out what kittens is in a bit. Okay, so now we're at six. Okay, great. So so that's total customer service for the whole time you've been working. I think so, yeah. Okay. Of all of the customer service jobs, what was your favorite? Blake's. Okay. Yeah. So hopeful, so young. Yeah, also like... I was a bit of a young floozy and it was like older guys. I could like flirt with older guys. I mean, I feel like I should look up some of those guys now and be like, you know how old I was, right? Like that wasn't cool. Probably. I want to clarify that also Bella's not a hundred years old, even though she uses a lot of phrases from like a hundred year old woman. Oh, no. Be in your bonnet, floozy. Is a great. You're allowed to laugh on the microphone. Bella. They, they, yeah, they think I'm funny. Okay, so what was your least favorite of those six? It's a toss-up between kittens and the the Thai okay. stand. Now, and you guys call them stalls? That's so interesting. I think it was a stall. Yeah, it was. You guys call them something else here, but it was basically a big box that lo- folded in on itself and locked in half, and it was just like stood on wheels. And then you'd go in the morning and you'd unlock it, you'd open the box, and you basically it was just. You just sold ties. Like a U and you stood inside this U selling ties. How bustling was that business? How how often? Not that bustling. (laughs) Not that bustling. And the problem was it was like one of those things where you had to look busy. So you just had to stand there for eight hours unrolling and re-rolling all the merchandise. I would have died. It was. It was also before I had, you know, any kind of, I don't know perspective where I could be like oh I could just use this as a moving meditation like I had not nothing in my brain about you weren't practicing spirituality you were too young absolutely not and I feel like I just reeled from one breakup to the next I do remember climbing inside the box one day (laughs) to cry (laughs) about an ex and um someone knocking on the top of the box and me being like hello hello (laughs) I'm covered in my own tears (laughs) yeah it was dark oh god that's rough I can't I don't know why I cannot think of the word that that is stand we, stall. Yeah, well, we have a. Well, what do you have at like? No, in the malls, like the mid- yes. kiosk. Kiosk. There it yeah, is. We I had to say, mall. Don't say the word kiosk. Yeah, we do. We, we've made it up. I don't even think it's a real mm-hmm. word. Okay, so at your tie. Okay, so that was so it was a tie between that and, and kittens. kittens. Okay, great. <laughs> Which we're gonna talk about later. What's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked to do whilst you were on the clock? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, probably replace a beer for someone who'd 
seen their beer go into a woman's vagina. Oh, okay. That's a great transition. Should we find out and talk about what kittens was? Because I bet everybody figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Not based on the name. Based on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's so fucked up is that that could totally be true. <laughs> uh, oh what was God. kittens, Bella? Kittens was a strip club. What? Uh, I had. Were you a dancer? Oh, lol. No, I wish. <laughs> uh, I so. <laughs> My family still don't know I worked there. I remember that I told them that I was working at this pub down the road and my brother and my dad were always like, well, come in for a drink. And I was like, no, no. it's really busy. You know, I'll be distracted. For, for I, Thank God I only did like three or four shifts because I couldn't have kept that lie up for much longer. I ended up working at Kittens because a girlfriend of mine was managing the bar there. Two girlfriends of mine were working behind the bar and I got back from this trip and I had $0 in my bank account. I got back from Fiji with no money and it was like a Friday and they're like, you can start tomorrow. You'll walk away with a hundred bucks cash in hand at minimum because that's just to cover your shift. And I was like, okay, great. I could get a hundred dollars tomorrow. And they're like, yep. So that would be over and above tips. They were just giving you hundred dollars Australian, hundred Aussie dollars, like, or were they saying you will make that in tips? No, no, that was like my... Wages for the Wages. hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And oh no, it was a different day because I remember I went in, they they wanted to start me on a slow day. So they brought me in on a Wednesday night and Wednesday they did show nights. Uh, I, oh, <laughs> God, above. What is a show night? <laughs> it was, I just remember walking in and there were two, it was a guy on stage with two girls and they just seemed to be doing things with props. <laughs> Putting props in like imaginative places. And I was like, what, 19? Maybe I was 20. And I looked about 14. And it just, I mean, I, th- I was like, I thought I was so like worldly and wise. And I walked in there and I was like, nope, nope, no, 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 no. Wait, how'd you find out about the job even to begin with? Like, how'd you know they were hired? Because my two mates were working there. I had two girlfriends who were working behind the bar. And basically one of them was just like, dude, you start tomorrow. Like we can always use people behind the bar. I don't know how she found out about it. I think she yeah. knew someone who was working there. And the thing was her and her friend, I'm just going to bloody say their first names. I don't know why I'm being so, trying to be so anonymous. It's okay. Uh, Jacinda and Elise. So Jacinda and Elise were friends of mine. They were working at the bar. One of them was managing the bar. And they would just walk away with poo loads of money (laughs) just every night. They would walk away. Like Elise would bank like 500 bucks a night easily. Get out. Yeah, all cash. Sure. And so they'd work there a few few nights a week. I mean, obviously they weren't. Yeah, easy. Wow. And they seemed to handle it so well. Like they were just kind of like banter with the customers and I don't know like flirt a bit and just get all this money and I just seem to find myself arguing with people (laughs) any tips and finding everything just really offensive there was one guy that we called the silver fox because he would come a couple of nights a week he would always sit by himself he was really respectful like he just seemed like a lovely lonely guy probably lived around the corner I don't know but we had some story about him but he was lovely and he gave me, I think one night he gave me a $50 tip because he just, I think he just took pity on me. <laughs> and I think that was like the only tip I ever made in the whole three or four shifts I worked there. Wait, why were they, what was it that you would find yourself arguing with people about? I would just get guys, oh, I mean, it was a pretty divey place. It was, it was no spearmint rhino. Okay. No, it wasn't okay. Like, was it full nude? Oh yeah, it was full nude. It just wasn't clean and it was like it's it's exactly what we're thinking in our heads. I can't I mean, 
it's weird because it wasn't oh god i just remember going to the women's toilets and seeing Ugh. baby wipes it's like seeing all this Ugh. stuff that like and I, yeah i just i can't like, mm, no shade to women that choose that work or men that choose that work not. no shade at all and it was so funny because jacinda my girlfriend who managed the bar she was a dancer and so she would just like point out like that chick started at the bar that chick started at the bar and she was like i could just jump over this bar and quadruple my income. But she's like, I just don't want to do that. But she's like, every day I can't. She worked there for a couple of years and she was like, it was just so tempting to just Oh, well, because you're seeing money just being thrown. So much money went through that place. So it was like, but it's what we're kind of seeing in our heads. The You went into the women's restroom and you were like, this is yeah, intensely sad. Like, I mean, just the seeing the wipes. I just will never get over seeing the wipes. Isn't it interesting? Like there are, I've been to a couple strip clubs in my lifetime and thinking like, yeah, this will be like a fun thing. And I just end up so, so sad. sad. So just, sad. Yeah. And not, not again, no shade to that choice of work. I don't know if it's considered sex not work, but like, dancing, like yeah. do your thing. If that works for you, do it. Dude, if I didn't look like a kind of broken gazelle i would have done it i would have been so happy to get up there and just be like whatever but i just i wasn't and i was so young mm-hmm. i think at that age i was just really like my my girlfriends were like maybe five years older so they could see the humor in it and just not take it so seriously i would just get really defensive and offended and feel like i need to stand up for myself like guys sure. would say things like oh you know what are you doing here you could be doing so much better like look at you you're it, beautiful but just see like, that's condescending in any job though like tell me that now in the job i have now and i want to put my hands on your neck like, exactly yeah and so i always got that and the other I, it's like they um, i think because i looked so young yeah. and just so young um <laughs> you know like tiny little blonde blue-eyed freak child so i mean i think wow, my other bella is gorgeous and she's being so ridiculous to herself right now but also she does look like a fetus i mean that's fair like still <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know i just remember like looking at the girls and they would just rake in the cash i was also like rubbish i didn't know how to make drinks i'd never worked at a bar yeah how did they hi- like, i was gonna ask you that like yeah beer or wine <laughs> <laughs> and they'd say things and i'd just like run over to jacinda or Lisa and be like how do you make a bloody manhattan or something like, i had no idea what i was doing so. also but who's going to a strip club ordering a manhattan Vodka soda, beer, wine. Those are your there options. Were some th- people that would order ridiculous drinks, and I was like, "Are you just trying to piss me off?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I see why you lasted four shifts. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Like, I probably I was really not cut out for that line of work. Although the one good interaction I had was also the weirdest thing that anyone had asked me to do at work, which was that guy. Because you get heaps of guys for bachelor parties. Of course. And they would be like young, just rude, yeah, kind of entitled, really drunk. And they think it's okay to be disrespectful. Because of that environment. And that's, of that environment. And that's so frustrating. Yeah. And uh, somehow, I don't know, the other girls didn't get affected by it. Or they just seemed tougher. And I just, whatever, I just looked like the easy uh, target. And then I'd just get really feisty. So I never, I think I've told everyone to fuck off. Never got any tips. But this one guy <laughs> walked over and he was part of it. I could tell he was part of a bachelor party. And he was like, just like looking around the room really awkwardly. Aww. Like really didn't want to be there. And he was staying there with his beer. And he he was walking past some I don't know he was standing kind of near one of the girls who was dancing. This particular girl was pretty, she was pretty rough. Like the mm. other girls were awesome, but this one was a bit of a troublemaker, and definitely had some addiction issues. Like there was Aww. definitely you know some serious stuff going on with her. Uh, anyway, she just took his bottle and put it inside. <laughs> and then like took it out and handed it back to him and I just I was it was so like I mean I will never forget this just like watching the look on his face and he just looked kind of like shell-shocked and he just turned to the bar and walked (laughs) over and and he was like uh 
can I please get an and I was like mate I've got you like, yeah I've got, like I'm not gonna charge you for this, oh, this bit. it was so that was probably that was sadly that was the sweetest thing that ever happened at that job what is going on <laughs> but that is sweet it was and, sweet. and the thing, I was please. like there are humans here too yeah you know? yeah and not being like pissed oh, you know because he could have taken that to a 10 and been like hey the, she just put this yeah, in her exactly. vagina like and didn't and was nice to you and just was shell-shocked god bless him yeah I think we were both just like what are we doing here <laughs> <laughs> you both were like there's an escape hatch in the back let's get in it <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so that's that's weird mm. what's in did you ever have an incident at any of your customer service jobs where they were like hey we need to speak to your manager i'm sure there were but i can't recall anything specific i remember th- this place woodstock i worked at that was my the second customer service job it was also a cafe and i remember my manager having a go at me without any customer having a go at him the, the thing about that place was he used to hire like pretty young girls and it was like all his friends I mean they had a great business model it was just like every they both went to these private school private boys schools and so they opened this cafe and it was just like all their friends would come to the cafe and like just flirt with the staff I guess but they also I remember smashing one guy in a in the head with a like a metal watering (laughs) jug water jug once and on purpose I mean, no, but I also... <laughs> yes, it was. was. Her face. <laughs> yes, it was. You have to tell that story. <laughs> no, it was definitely... I just like walked past. I, I, I seriously just hit him in the head, but I was kind of like, whatever, he was being a dick anyway. So I was just like, whoops, sorry. And he... I mean, there were a lot of things that I feel like they could have taken to the manager, but didn't because they didn't want to like lose face. Sure. But I remember my manager having a go at me because I came in one day after a big night out and I was really emotional and he's like, just get your shit together. And I was like, you get your shit together. Like I was just being <laughs> ridiculous. So I mean, I totally deserve to be told off. Wait, so did the guy that got hit in the head with the jug ask to speak to your manager then? No, God bless him. Oh, good for him. So you don't, you, there's not one thing where you can think of, was there anything at the, what'd you call it? The tie stall? Or was there even a manager? I mean, there you were, were you just, just on your me own? me alone in a sea of hell. Sea of ties. was so bad. <laughs> okay, uh, well, probably, okay, working in childcare, but it wasn't like anyone asked to speak to my manager because of me. That was just, like, I, I was friendly with the woman who ran the place and it was just like parents all the time complaining about, you know, my child's getting fat. And then you look at what's in the kid's lunchbox. I'm like, dude, that kid's not getting fat because we gave them a Vegemite sandwich after school. Have you seen what you give them for lunch? Oh, how, and what an interesting thing to come at the school for too. Oh, it like, was only, yeah, it was the after school care. They just loved that. I think a lot of them were bored. And also like uh, there was the mum who was the meanest and would complain the most like, was going through a divorce or something terrible. Well, she or... was always the first to drop her child off and the last to pick them up. Oh, she was miserable. Or maybe she might have been postpartum or I, something. Well, or she was just felt guilty. I don't know. But oh. when basically we closed at 6 p.m. She was there at 6.01 or something. She'd come at like 6.20 or something. Oh. And usually by that point, we'd be the kids that we just put the TV on while we were cleaning up. And she would complain that I like we'd put the TV on. Her kid was watching too much TV. And it was kind of like, lady, I mean. You're 20 minutes late. Yeah, exactly. We have to do our job. Yeah, exactly. If you picked up your kid at six, she wouldn't be watching that much TV. Ugh. Uh, but no, I mean, if, if there was, I don't remember. I don't remember. That's okay. Probably because I was drunk. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last straw that you can think of? Maybe out of kittens or like of any of your customer service jobs, was there like a last straw moment where you were like, I'm going to flip a table and get out of here? Or was every exit kind of just, yeah, it's just time to go? I mean, kittens, you only lasted four shifts. So were yeah, you kittens, just... Yeah, I, I think that maybe it was three shifts. I just remember one on, on the my final shift, 
and I can't remember a specific moment, but I just remember walking into the bathroom, bursting into tears and being, I'm telling my friends, I was like, I have to go. Like I'll forfeit my pay. I don't care. Like I just can't be here. It was just too much. It's emotionally too much. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was, it's kind of, it's, it's wrong, but you can have like so many unsafe elements in one environment. Like I could have handled shitty customers if the environment was great or if I like really love my boss or something, or maybe I could have handled the strip. I mean, I don't know. I had, I've worked with two friends. Yeah. I don't know. I just, that, that moment I was just like, I'd rather be, I don't know. Anywhere else. Well, that's a really good point that I haven't even thought of that hasn't been brought up to me before is that if every element of the job is taxing emotionally, physically or whatever, and you get no relief in any one of the corners of the job, that's what makes a job mostly insufferable. And that is the exit. Because if they, to your point, you know, if there's just one aspect, if you have a manager there that you're like, you know what, but this person's really lovely or if the customer's lovely or if you're making heaps of money, yeah. then you're like, oh, okay, like I, this is this is at least somewhat tolerable. Yeah. But if every arena of it is awful, it's like, what are you doing? Like you're trading your time yeah. for that job. And like customer yeah. service is hard enough. Yeah. We don't need any help making that job harder. It's already hovering at an eight all the time. <laughs> I mean, I felt that way. Even I mean, I told you I worked one day at this shop called Dangerfield. I just remember they used to have a parent company and I had to do like sales training and I just felt so gross about what I had to say to customers when they came in the door. Oh, like the, the scripted, like, yes. Okay. Like, Cause you felt I like help it you was with anything, but can you, can I help you find anything? But then it was like, you had to make three attempts with each customer Good. or something. And you can That's just tell. It's so irritating when it's you're a customer. It's so irritating because, and I would remember that. Like I, I hate it sometimes I, actually for years after that. And after working at the Thai place, I would walk into a store and I'd be like, just so you know, I'm going to buy something. So I'm just going to, but I'll definitely spend money here. Like I would preface that. I would oh, walk wow. into any store and say that just to not be bothered because I knew what was coming my way. And because I had some weird PTSD about saying it myself. It was just so, it's so uncomfortable. Also that Dangerfield place paid $13 an hour or maybe it was like 11, somewhere between 11 and 13 in Australia. We have really good wages. Yeah. You, I was just about to say, that's what I make right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's okay. No, she feels so bad. Don't feel bad. Dear, don't feel bad. That's just. It's but, not that I even feel bad. It's just wrong. Uh huh. Agreed. Um. So so you were making that and you, yeah. So I got through one shift and I was like, I feel like I'm compromising myself. I feel like an idiot. It was also just so boring. I mean, retail is so boring. Yeah. Like at least in hospitality, you're busy. You yeah. know, there's something to do. And there was even when there wasn't something to do. I mean, even dealing with that knob chef was still <laughs> knob. I love that word. He was such a knob. Well, what's funny is like in the United States, like so the minimum wage standard somehow. And I, I always thought I thought this was true in every state. And I guess it's not because like when I was in Ohio and I and in Missouri, when I was waiting tables in both places, we made two dollars and 13 cents an hour. So our entire income was exclusively dependent upon rent or uh, dependent upon tips. And when I came out here and the servers were making minimum wage, I was like, what? Like you guys get a check. I mean, there would be so many times in, in all the restaurants I've worked prior to California where we just never got checks because it zeroed out because they were still, they would claim the tips. They'd pay you two thirteen an hour and claim your tips. So, and it was, it was horrific because you would sometimes owe the restaurant and it was, it, I thought How it was so normal. Is that I know. legal? It's a great question. I don't know because in, somehow Cal, I guess it must be federally legal and California just kind of bought themselves out of that customer service model. But when I would tell people out here, I'm like, oh yeah, two thirteen hour bubble. They thought I was lying. And I was like, no, no, no. You, I mean, 
yeah, that was it. That was all we would make. And so it is this like, and we've talked about this so many times on this podcast, sorry if you're bored, but it is that model where, again, if you want the service model to change where we are not dependent upon tips, you're going to have to do it at a higher level than just stiffing us on the bill. 100%. Yeah, because you're not, it's not policy change. It's like, talk to the restaurant that's only paying. And that's why when they're like, Ugh, labor costs are so high, food costs are so high. I'm like, how? Out here, I get that more. But how is labor? That? I don't know, dude. I mean, I worked in Melbourne. I've worked at a bunch of different cafes. I think I never got paid less than $10. Even as a 15 year old, I think I was getting either, I think I was getting $10 an hour. And then I was 12. I think at Woodstock, maybe somewhere around 15. But it also isn't standard practice in Australia to tip, right? Or is that, I know at, the, at Kittens it was, but is that a more normalized thing there now? 10% is like, if you think someone gave really good service, you give them 10% tip. Okay. Or like if you're just that kind of person, you give 10%, but you would never give more than 10%. Like people would just look at you like you're crazy. And most restaurants I go to now, like when I went back recently and I find it really weird because I've been here for 10 years, I'm used to tipping 20% or more. Yeah. And I go back and like there's a restaurant, who, which is my favorite restaurant, and they'll just t- take your card and run it and they'll bring it back to you to sign and there's no option. There's no option to tip. They've already run it. Like you have to remember to get in beforehand to be like, oh, actually, by the way, can you make – a gratuity option on yes, there or something because it's just not it's not wow it's is it a fancy a restaurant no oh okay i mean it's not it's not not fancy it's like upper upper middle okay so it would be like what would be an equivalent here that you can think of is it like it's not a chain i would assume no not a chain it's this great italian place called lapino guys if you ever check it out uh where would it be like where's like a place where you could get good italian it's like not as expensive it's not as fancy as mozza okay or anything but okay. It's kind of like the equivalent. I'm trying to think in somewhere the on Beverly or somewhere. Yeah, on I got you. like one of those. It's like one of those places where you it's know. like a Saturday night out. You could do yes. it two or three times a month. It's not a once a year place. No, not a once got a year it. place, but okay. it's definitely not like a once a week place either. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's middle, middle, middle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I think that that's, I mean, like it's, it's just such an interesting thing. So, okay. So you worked at Dangerfields for a day because you were like, this feels inauthentic to me to have to do this sales pitch to them every time they're coming in. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was, I felt really uncomfortable. It was just, it was also the pitch was so bizarre, like the actual wording. And they were kind of on your case to make sure you said this weird language. That Can you remember just, it? Oh, I can't remember. It was just, you had to say the same thing three, three times, times, but in three different ways, oh, basically. God. Like, is there anything I can help you with today? Can I help you find something or... Are you, are you finding what you're looking for kind of thing but you had to say that but people like be, in the time that people like walking in and out of the store you had to get three out or you were like penalized or but, was, i was like i mean but I'm like, come back i just say this thing but you know it's so interesting because like you could argue that maybe there's some sort of scientific logic to like no they heard it three times and now they now they do want help or yeah. like the odds of buying are higher blah blah in i would say as, as a customer that's been on the receiving end of that style of service Sometimes you just buy something because you were so henpecked into it that you're like, I don't fucking stop talking to me. What, Dude, what's or I'll the cheapest just leave thing? because yeah. I can't handle, especially like those. And it was also one of those places where they didn't have mirrors in the fitting room, so the oh, people I'll had die. to come out to look I... in the thing, and then you had to like hassle them there. I just felt like I was badgering people. It doesn't feel good. No. I, I can do. I can handle a lot with customer service. I can't. That's that's too tough. Yeah. Yeah. God bless the people that do that. How many bodily fluids have been on you whilst you were? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I guess I was just thinking about that bottle. I definitely, uh-huh. took you definitely that touched with a bare it. Hand. That. <laughs> That's uh, one. Aside from that, I mean, working with kids, you just end up getting covered with. Although there was this girl, Jess, my who's my best friend. She was the witness at my wedding. She always got the more difficult scenarios. Like if a kid. <laughs> 
wet themselves or shat Aww. themselves would always be like, Jess. She ended up working with kids. She like, it was her. She's meant to do it. Yeah, she was meant to do it. Okay. So I avoided some of that, but I'm sure there was some piss in there. Just accidentally spit. Any vomit? Not kid vomit, no. but like adult vomit? Mercifully, no. Wow. Yeah. You're very lucky. That's uh, that's just the mo- I feel like, I think I'm normalizing it in my head because yeah, I ask are, everyone. I've heard of it and you're always like, any vomit, any vomit. I'm like, what is up with this girl? Someone give her like more than, someone give her a raise. And Stop a puking job. on me. Stop <laughs> puking on me. <laughs> okay. What's the weirdest customer service job you've ever had? I feel like. Kittens. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird though because every single time I say that, my brain's like the tie place, the tie place, the tie place. I gotta say. There was just something about standing in such a small space that, and like trying to look busy, but then you're just standing in front of like a rack of ties. You described that. I still don't know how to tie a tie, you know? <laughs> so I wasn't like, I, I never learned You didn't that. become an expert whilst you were in the kiosk. No, you think I would actually use that time wisely. It was <laughs> no. so, oh my God. No, was... of all the jobs you described, honest to God, that's the one I was thinking that I would have probably gone crazy in. Yes. And I was like, that feels the weirdest to me it especially was so weird it was also in like in a shopping mall that was like also a train station so there was just like a lot of foot traffic and people not really interested in ties I no, feel they're like trying the to get somewhere whoever bought ties the guys that were either trying to flirt with me or i don't know guys that were like desperate on their way to work and they'd like forgotten their tie or something <laughs> they were you know, drunk from the night before like Fuck, where's my tie <laughs> when I, I can put that on with a t-shirt and be fine right <laughs> where are my shoes oh well next next stall <laughs> <laughs> okay um well you, or, you already sort of answered this but like i want to get into a little bit more do you tip i do i do and it's so funny because since listening to this podcast <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i love I've you been way more consistent in tipping with uber because that's just one that i forget sometimes same. Like, until punky said blah, it blah, same blah. same i do tip i tip 20 percent in america or more there have been times when i've not tipped but someone has i'm trying to think what it was someone has to be offensive it's never like the service is bad or you know the food didn't come soon enough or whatever like it's it has to be i'm trying to remember if that like a server really stitched me up once i remember getting into like this i used to be quite obsessive about food and i remember staying at this hotel in new york and the waiter being like hey can i get egg whites and like spinach but like can i just not i mean also i know i'm being a pain in the ass yeah Yeah, totally yeah yeah but can i was like can i have it cooked in oil not butter and he was like yep and then he brought it out and he's and i was like i'm so sorry this tastes like butter and he's like Oh, so what? You'll eat eggs, but not dairy. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay, I'm already feeling ashamed. You don't need to shame. Well, I know. You know, and I'm often when I ask for things, because I was vegan for years in a time in Australia when that was not wasn't a thing. a thing. Like you had to call restaurants in advance. And I'm always very like, I know I'm being a pain in the ass. I'm also trying to do it quickly. Like I know all the things because I have worked in customer service. I don't want to be like a pain in the ass and slow and whatever. Like, and yeah. I know that I'm going to tip generously. But like, if someone's going to shame me, I think him and like maybe one other guy was really rude about something once and I didn't tip them, but they have to be like, they have to personally offend me for me to not tip. Well, and especially if you're like dealing with disordered eating, like it's like, that's a hard, you just need to be dripping in compassion in those situations. And it's like, I understand New York is very fast. I get it too. Come on, man. We can all, you can see that coming from a mile away. Like, totally, you but know. also like, even if it wasn't like yeah. crazy shit, I could have been allergic to bloody milk. But 100%. Not, I mean, milk and eggs are different, buddy. They're in yeah. different food groups. Turns out they are. Yeah. Okay. So you stiffed him. Stiffed um, him. Yeah. Okay. And then like, is there anything that you can think of that you were like, apart from, I guess, being overtly rude, if a server came up to your table, like wasted, would you be like, yeah, this server's not getting a tip falling down? I think I'd I'd just be like, mate, they need this tip. No, I mean, let me have a think about that. I think I would find that pretty funny. I would too. It's happened a couple of times at places I worked. I'm just going to be very general where other colleagues have uh you know gone a little bit over the edge 
and gotten repeatedly stiffed. And I, in my head, I was thinking like, wow, in that case, I would think what is going on in your life where this was the choice? Like, and I would tip too. Yeah. I just would. Okay. Yeah. Have you, well, you sort of already answered this, but can you, apart from kittens, is there, do you, have you ever been stiffed? Like, did you ever get stiffed at the theater job that I keep forgetting the name of? Blake's. 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 Did you ever get stiffed there? In a way that you would remember, because like since that was counter service, that's a little bit harder. Because no, and also tip like counter. tips wasn't that big a thing. Like you wouldn't tip yeah. if you bought. But I mean, people tip more now, but I feel like back then it wasn't as big a deal. Like I'd get, and we'd all divide the tips, so I don't remember. And it wasn't table service. Yeah, counter service is tougher. Yeah, a lot of people. Do you tip on counter service out here? I do now. I mean, I just tip on everything. Also, but this is something that I mean, I wish I could just go back and apologize to everyone. I didn't know because I remember when I came out here and people like. I didn't even think to tip the people at like the car. Like I just, cause I just assume people are getting paid because that's what happens where wage. I come from. Yeah. And like, it's like now I just tip, I'm just like, if in doubt tip too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's but that's good. like a more recent occurrence. It's re- like, I find it, I just find it really disturbing. Like I just find it really disturbing that basically people here have to survive on tips. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy, like I'm whatever, I'm in a position where I can do that. But it's also Mm. just, I'm I'm just like, what's wrong with this country where that has, that's the norm. Well, and it's interesting. I think tips should be a bonus, not your wage. Isn't it? That's a, that's a great, that's what I wish I could call this episode that without being (laughs) preached. Well, it's been a Ted talk the whole time. I established this as a Ted talk. (laughs) So we're just going to keep going. (laughs) Preach. Yeah, it is. I mean, that, that is the thing. Like it should be a bonus, not a wage. And then, and it's taxed as if it were a bonus. And that's the hard part too. It's also so irritating to me because I feel like I have to tip 20% because I know how this system works. Works. Yeah. But then I feel like it's un, it, 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 in my mind, I'm like, well, that's not fair because I really liked Jackie at Hugo's the other night and I was really happy to give her like 25% tip. But sometimes I'm just going to give like whoever, wherever, 20% because I, I feel obligated to and that's how it works here. But I'm like, Jackie really earned that tip, guys. You know? <laughs> but I'm also not going to tip like as much as the meal to, you know, to like, to like balance it out. It's, it's, yeah, it's funny. Cause like I write, we have to cash everybody out kind of at the same time. So we're, we're like cashing a hundred people out at this, at like almost the exact same time. Um, and I'll take time and write like, thank you at the bottom of her receipt. Like I was like, yeah, this matters. This matters. And then someone saw me do it the other day and she was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, well, you know, it's just like nice. And she was like, yeah, it's not going to affect anything. And then I tried one night where I just didn't write it on anything. No difference in money. And I was like, what am I doing? But we think to your point, I think because in, culturally it's so normalized that it isn't always a reflection of the service. Cause there are people that have tipped me 20% before when I was absolute garbage to their table. Yeah. I know like I forgot most of their orders. Yeah. I definitely like, I probably caught an attitude with them. Like there's probably yeah. something that happened and I'm just like, why well, I wouldn't have tipped me 20%. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and some people like you are like, I, I am, we want to work hard anyway and we're just workers. So yeah. we're going to do the job regardless of, you know, if you tip or not, but if you don't tip and you come back for round two, uh oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, were you ever fired from a customer service job or any job? Well, I remember my last shift at the Thai place. I didn't turn up. Well, I called. <laughs> okay. Okay. I went to a party. 
I had some punch after I had the punch. Someone was like, is that the acid punch? I was meant Fuck to be off. working. Are you I know, serious? It's like the most horrible way to take drugs oh by accident. God. And also like acid. It's not like, oh, well, this is going to wear off in a couple of hours. I was oh, like, no, Bella. I have to work tomorrow morning. I have to be at work at 8 a.m. And doesn't that stay in your system for like 48 uh-huh. hours? Uh-huh. I was oh, just like losing my mind. I didn't sleep waking up all night, like tripping balls. Spent the whole party, but also like too scared to leave the party because other people on the party were on acid. So I was just like, I need to be with my people. But also like, guys, <laughs> let's band together and figure out how we're going to get me out of work. But everyone's like tripping balls. It was like the worst night ever. Anyway, Anyway, someone was like, just say you've got gastro. So you've got gastro. Like they can't make you to go to work with gastro. So I called Does that him. mean diarrhea? What does that mean? Yes. Oh, okay. So you call and you're like, so I've I call, got gastro. Like 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning and I'm meant to be at work at 8. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't come to work. And I'm too <laughs> embarrassed to tell you why. You probably were. What you actually probably said was like, I see unicorns jumping out of somebody's butthole right now. I don't know where I am. And the sky is on the floor. So, <laughs> I just like picked, picked up the phone and started crying. No. And he was just like, oh, that's fine. And then got off the phone, and I. But I feel like after that, I don't remember. I don't recall going back. But I don't think he fired me. I think I. You were just fired done. myself. <laughs> I think I was like, you know what, Bella, you deserve to be penalised. That that was ridiculous. <laughs> also, who gets punched out of a cupboard and thinks that's normal? I was just like, oh, these tight asses are trying to hide the alcohol from me. I'll show them. <laughs> How many cups did you have? Three. How many times have I been in there? Twenty. Oh, cool. Right. It's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> That's the best way to accidentally take a drug. And also that drug in particular. Okay. And what got you out of customer service altogether? Which I guess earlier you did state you don't even feel like you're fully out of it. Because that is that an option that you would go back to now at this stage of life? If some if everything, God forbid, I'm knocking wood. Where would I go? What would I do? I don't know. I I mean, you know what? I'm gonna interrupt myself because I did go back to that job. I so I did did get fired. Because I remember I was breaking it. I broke up with someone that night and so and that was that was the breakup where I was cl- climbing inside the cupboard crying <laughs> well that's probably so, the no, acid I still worked too. I still worked after the, the acid debacle so how did I not get fired I mean yeah I don't know I guess it's when you work with friends they feel bad firing you I guess so yep now that I've said that <laughs> so would you go if all things went awry would you go back to customer service or do you think you would find another way to make money I think I'd find another way to make money i don't think i could go back to customer service now i mean i don't know that to be no i don't know that to be true well because i feel like if you have too much distance out of it and you realize that there's other jobs that are way more peaceful it can be i just wasn't very good at it at the time you know like i can't imagine you're better now (laughs) i don't think i would be i was pretty good at blake's but mostly i think it was just personality i just enjoy i was just happy to be there yeah and then woodstock like i was never like great with three with four plates, you know, like I, sure. I could ha- kind of handle three. I was, I was just like, I'm not a gifted server, ah. and I have. Where, where would I go? I feel like I'd, I'd want to work in like a, I'd want to be a beautician or something, or just like go back to school. Although ah. I couldn't afford to do that here because this country <laughs> charges everyone too much money for everything and pays no one anything. <laughs> okay, please don't kick me out though. I really like being here. Thank you. <laughs> Noted. All right, and then last mean question. What's the worst customer you can remember that you ever had to interact with? The worst customer I've ever had to interact with. Hmm. I mean, I feel like the worst employee you had to interact with. Oh, you can't have butter. You have that story, but do you have someone that stands out that you're like, this person was a jackass to me? I mean, probably that guy who was like, you could do so much better. There was just that guy. It's so condescending. And he just kept like, the more he drank, the more he just felt like it was really his mission to get you out of this job, rescue you. Piss off. Yeah. And I worked at a law firm and there was, no, I think they were okay. I mean, that, that job was so boring though. Were you at reception? No, that would have been fun. Oh. I worked in the litigation department, but to assist the litigation department, which means basically you help the secretaries and they just do the shit that they don't want to do. So it was just like uh, a lot of archiving. 
which has to just be, I mean, that's kind of like a half a step up from tire selling. Yeah, that's Unless hard. Unless you can like hide in a cupboard and be slack <laughs> off. That's also where I met my husband. So there was a lot of flirting. Oh, that that's so cute. Um, but there were a couple of like personalities at that firm that were difficult, but they weren't like customers. They were just like people that you had to deal with who were just. Yeah, but you ruined it by saying you met your husband there. So it doesn't count. That's <laughs> like you got something out of it. So fuck off. Okay, guys. Now on to the good stuff. We hope you save room for dessert. What is the best customer you've ever interacted with? Or who, I guess. This I phrased the question correctly. Who? M. Is there an M on that one? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> help, I'm drowning. <laughs> help, someone help me. <laughs> this is going great. My mouth's drowning. <laughs> okay, best customer, best customer. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I don't, it wasn't even because she was the best customer. And I remember being slightly disappointed, but there was a show in Australia that was a huge hit. You actually tried to make it here and it failed spectacularly called Kath and Kim. Okay. Not familiar at all. Okay. Oh my God, dude. It Look just, it up. I just, it was a great. massive favor. It's incredible. It's basically a mother and daughter and they're super bogan Australian. And it's just, I can't even explain it. I'm not going to do it justice. They tried to do it here and it just doesn't work because it's so, so Australia, so Australia. And also like, I mean, I don't know how you'd, like it like it was i remember it was selma blair and someone else that tried to do it here but the thing that worked so well in australia was the woman who played the daughter was also the same age as the woman who played her mother I'll die. and she would just she was like quite curvy and would just wear like really inappropriate like juicy couture or whatever like whatever the equivalent was anyway she was a customer once but i don't think it was because she was an extraordinary customer i was just so blown away to see her in front uh, of me you're starstruck totally starstruck that's adorable uh but aside from that probably silver fox Okay. he gave me 50 bucks and he was just so like just not hard work he just sat at the end of the bar and he'd like <sighs> order like the most easy drink you know he just like never had any demands and just gave me money for nothing so you have said it in such a beautiful way like when someone is not hard work yeah yeah people can be hard work oh that's such a great phrase good job you what's the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working I mean, I assume giving you the fifty dollars. <laughs> feel like God, Silver Fox is really getting a. He's getting a lot of play right he now. He is. You got Can't anybody else? His name. <laughs> Nicest thing a customer's ever done. Did anybody do anything nice for you in the tie stall? There was actually not a customer, but directly across from where my little stand was, there was a G Star store, and there was a guy there, Kieran, who came over when I was totally heartbroken. He must have just seen me look like a wreck for days because we were directly opposite each other and he came over and he made me a mixtape Kieran's Soul Stew with a, Kieran's with a Z I remember it, it was a great mix CD Aww. he ruined it by asking me out but um, <laughs> all these problems it's hard to be pretty <laughs> I was like are you just trying to take advantage of me when I'm really sad and depressed like also why are you even attracted to this I'm that's the better shell. question yeah that's the like <laughs> This is this is the level that you think is hot enough to date? No, it's so you weird. You gotta figure it out. No, it's weird. It is weird. So he wasn't a customer, but he really brightened my day. I mean, I feel like we had some pretty cool customers. Nope, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my favorite oh my answer God. of all time. Okay, we're going, we're moving forward because that was great. Um, did anyone ever pay it forward in any of the jobs you did? Like, did they like buy around for other patrons or like buy a coffee for someone else? Or like, can you remember? Cause I know that's like a trend now, I guess it's Starbucks of buy for the people behind you kind of oh, thing. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that neat? Can you think of, uh, this is a newer question. Cause I just read something about it that they're still doing it. Cause it's been around for a minute. I mean, I guess people have paid it forward forever, whatever. Is there any moment and like, obviously not one that sticks out in your mind. This is a really good question. I'm glad. No, I not at all. It. I mean, the only thing I can think of is just like lawyers 
buying other drunk lawyers drinks on Friday night, but that's absolutely... <laughs> it doesn't count. It's so standard in fucking firms. It's like, if you're not doing coke and drinking, you're, are you a lawyer? I don't know. <laughs> okay. What's the best lesson that you've learned from customer service? I don't know. I, I, was just, I was The first thing that came to my mind was be kind, be patient. Those are good things. I also just, I feel like I apologize profusely when I have any requests. Same. Because I know, I know how annoying it is. Um, but I think people need to understand that like, like I have specific dietary needs that I have to have met now because of food yeah. allergies and stuff. But I will, when you come to my table, I'm 100% ready. I yeah. start with the apology. I explain why. And I say, I know, I already know this is annoying. I promise I'll take care of it in the end. Here's what I need. Yeah. You don't have to come back to the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, it's, it's okay. A bartender the other day was like, you're allowed to ask for no soy sauce. And I was like, <laughs> I know, I know, but like, it's a whole thing. And I, and he was like, it's okay. I, I know like, I do the same thing. I'll be like, look, I know I'm a pain in the ass, but he's what I need. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just be respectful. I mean, it's just like basic human decency really. Yeah. But I do find it interesting because this is something and I've something else I've learned listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh my God. I love you so because much. Because I always, and I would do best. this in Australia and I feel like maybe it's a more Australian culture thing where you'd be like, oh, so what do you like? What do you like on the menu? Or like, what, do, what drink do you like? Whatever. And like people, you'll ask the person waiting yeah, on you for that. And okay. people would ask me that and I would like love to get into that conversation. Oh, you would. Totally. Okay. And I, but I also never had that thing where someone like was like, oh, you made me have that shitty beer or anything like that's just so you probably up. also you weren't working necessarily i mean i guess kittens may have been but high volume high pace is very different like when i was bartending at a very slow bar i would love to talk about that because otherwise i was stuck behind the bar talking totally. to them about other things so i'm like i'd rather talk to you about these weird things i'm making for you No, but even then like i'd rather be at blake's face if someone's like oh what should i get to eat i'd be like don't get the body that thing get the focaccia it's really good but don't get the ham one that's a bit dry <laughs> like i'd really like I've you liked, liked I've, that. i wanted to be asked uh and i like asking people so now i've done this weird thing where i'm like Okay, like out of these, like I'll, I'll like narrow it down and be like, I'm tossing up between those two things. Like, what's your favorite? And when, and I'll be like, I know this is a really annoying question. And but when they give me the answer, I'm like, thank you so much because I I'm indecisive and I feel like I, either I'm going to slow you down or just treat me like a child and tell me what to eat. <laughs> Bird feed it into my mouth, chew Pretty it up much. in your mouth, yeah. spit it into mine. I'm mm-hmm. going to swallow. Mm-hmm. No, but that actually isn't that that approach is not annoying. I mean, I I would not as a bartender in a high volume place. I would not be if, if someone were like, it, do you, are your old fashions good? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they were like, okay, cool. I'll have that. Or, Hey, I'm deciding between these two pre-mixed cocktails on the menu, which one's better. That yeah. is not annoying at all. Cause you've narrowed it down Phew. for me. Yeah, no, that's not annoying at all. Cause you narrowed it down. But if you were like, of all of these things, the hundreds of drinks, pick seven, kill, kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. too much. Don't do that to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's one piece of advice that you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Be nice. Tip well. Oh, tip well. We're going to go with that one. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> okay. So how can people, we're going to, we're going to wrap up now. Did you want to say anything else? Is there anything else? Any other gems? I have no ge- I've only got stupid shit. No, you've given me so many gems and you've given the audience so many gems. Good job. This was a really good TED talk. Thank you guys for coming. <laughs> How can people get in touch with you, Bella? Like what are your socials? How can people see your beautiful face? Is it only in like CBS all access? Like oh God, lol. how do people see you? I'm so, uh, uh, she's good. At I was going to be like, don't, don't, don't see me. Don't. <laughs> Ah, the forever conflict is the torch okay. artist. No, no, no. Cause <laughs> no, no, I've got, I do have Instagram. I've got Instagram, Bella Heathcote. Um, I think I've got Facebook as well. Also Bella Heathcote. Can you and spell those four people? <laughs> B-F-A-C-E-B-O-O-N. <laughs> okay. How do I spell my name? Yeah. B-E-L-L-A-H-E-A-T-H-C-O-T-E. And that's H for Harry. I know some people say H. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. Why don't you say H? Oh, no, it's just the way my dad raised me. He, no, he raised you right. Me. 
So you're. Yeah. I don't know that, but it's annoying because like people are like a. Oh, uh, really? Out here? A-E-A? Oh, yeah, totally. No one understands what I'm saying A. Also, I get Stella. I get oh. Ella. No one understands what I'm saying Bella. And now I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, the vampire. Twilight. <laughs> Bella. Like, beautiful in Italian. I went to a restaurant once and I had Paul Heathboat was my thing in the reservation. I'll die. And I was like, how did you get Paul Heathboat? Heathboat. <laughs> I'm calling you Heathboat going forward. <laughs> so great. Okay, so, well, we are going to drop checks now. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends to listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled in the art of being kind and it will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. Remember, if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people it's easier that way that's gonna be it bella thank you for giving us your time this is such a good ted talk (laughs) okay thank you guys so much for listening good night pause how do you say your last name heathcote 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 or Heathcote? Heathcote. Heathcote. Okay. I should know these things. I don't even friends. know it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> this is helpful. Okay. Okay. <laughs>